My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're paramedics unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics unscripted. Welcome back into Paramedics Unscripted. This is Jason, your co-host. I'm here with my co-host, Bobby. Bobby, how you doing, brother? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, man? Uh, not, yeah, not much, man. We're back with Season 2, Episode 10. Getting back into it. Lots of new stuff going on. Figured it was time to fire up the Roadcaster and get this set up. So let's get into it, Bobby. What do you want to talk about today? Yeah, we've been, uh, we gotta put, uh, we've been putting too much space in between each cast, man. Yeah, that was on me, uh, as we've talked about here. I'm a realtor, so in the summer months... It well, no, it's on, it's on both of us. I'll, I'll, I'll of take us. the heat. I'll take the fall, okay? It's on both of us, man. It is on both of us. Did you want to? Did you want to get some uh, some laundry out in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. I want. Well, I, one of the things I wanted to talk about. Uh, do you want to go into the EMS topic first this time? Sure. First of all, I just wanted to uh, just wanted to uh, give oh, everybody kind of a kind of an update. Another uh, another place that they could uh, can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us at uh, Truth Social now. Paramedics Unscripted. And if you want to get a hold of us at uh, Truth Social, um, looking up Paramedics Unscripted, it will be at capital B underscore Brown 2022 on Truth Social. Um, and I know some people out there are going to be like, oh, that's Trump's social media network. No, it's, that's, yes, it is his company, but the reason why we've also expanded out onto that is because of all this censorship that's going on. And when you go to true social, you really don't have to worry about that. So that's one of the reasons why we like it. Well, and we're trying to get anywhere we can, you know, we're just trying to get our opinions out there and then, uh, you know, right. you, you could follow us on whatever platform you want to follow us on, you know, the more we're on, the better it right. is, you know, we want to be all, and if you want, if you want to get a hold of us there, just, you know, post something on the, uh, on the site and, uh, anything you want, say anything you want. Uh, that's that's the beauty of it. It is uncensored. You, they're, they're not, you know, picking out words due to algorithms and whatnot. It's 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 like it. Social media is supposed to be freedom of speech. Yeah, that's what it's so say, any, say anything you want. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we'll add that to the you, um, we'll add that to the notes too of the of the podcast episode here. So in the future, it'll, it'll always be on there too. So if you're driving right now or something like that, and or you're working out, whatever you're doing during a podcast. Um, don't worry about it. You can click on it later in the info. It'll be in the notes as uh, along with all the other ways you can get in touch with us, but we'll add that there as well. So you can just be able to click on it and get over to it. Right. And, um, plus if you, if you want to get a hold of me on there, um, you, or Jason, just let us know on there as well. Just like any, like just from, just like our email or Facebook or whatnot, you know, you can get a hold of us if you want to, if you want to be a guest and tell some of your experiences, we'd love that too. So, uh, especially, especially other countries in the world that have, you know, fire and EMS systems, I would love for some of you all to come on and, and, uh, share your experiences. That would be pretty, pretty badass as far as I'm concerned, because you don't really get to hear, especially in the States here, you don't really get to hear as much about, you know, other systems from other parts of the world. Yeah. And they're all that different, was, like cool. different regions are, are run differently. Like we were actually one of our topics today 
uh, that we wanted to talk about because I grew up in the Northern Virginia system. Um, Bobby, you were in the, you know, in the same area there. Um, yep. Uh, and my, and this is AKA I mean, the, the DC suburbs. Yeah. The, the, the DMV <laughs> area there. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, this is, this is what the topic I wanted to talk about. Cause I know I have some brothers and sisters currently still in the, um, they're still playing the EMS game, including yourself and stuff like that. Um, and this is a ongoing problem that I've, you know, I, obviously I'm not in the, uh, in the system anymore, but it, I monitor it still and keep up with everything. And this is a big ongoing problem they're having now. And I just wanted to get on there and talk about where I worked was the combo system, meaning it's fire and EMS. Uh, the, the, the power structure is, is mainly a fire, but some EMS in there as well. Um, and it's all under one umbrella, so to speak. Um, right. and, I, and I'm here to tell everybody who has been talking about it. Uh, this is just Jason speaking right now. Combo systems in the fire department do not work. And I'm going to go into why because this is something that's been near and dear to my heart since I started at EMS um, way back when. Um, that, that is and I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of old school firefighters would probably definitely agree with you on this too. Yeah, well, and, here, here's what, and it's funny you said it because the, the thing I've always said, the smartest thing a firefighter ever did, in my opinion, is get the ambulances under their roof. Okay? Because in, yeah, the, old days, in the old days, they didn't do that. In the old days, that, right. you know, they were separate houses. Now they got, eventually they brought them into the firehouse and they, they may have been run separately, but they bayed in the same room. Well, eventually the firefighters took over. Cause like you said, the revenue source, they realized it was revenue. Um, and they could use that money to buy new fire trucks and then sort of update the EMS stuff. Um, so that, that I've always said that, but where I worked and what I wanted to get into is you have a system set up where I worked that was firefighter heavy as far as the power structure went. Um, and in doing so, you see the problems that are going on today, which are getting amplified even more and more with all the mandatory holdovers. People are getting right. pulled away from their loved ones for mandatory 24-hour holdovers. Because remember, a lot of us do 24-hour shifts if you're doing like 911 stuff. Um, so that's a big deal. It's not like getting pulled, held over for four hours or something like that where you, it's like kind of sucks, but your day will go on. No, you don't have a day now. You know, your day is gone. And then if you have to work the next day normally on your schedule, now you're working a 72 straight. Because you're working right. on a Wednesday, Friday, and you get held over Thursday. Well, guess what? Now you're fucked, basically. Um, and most most systems have a cap as far as like how long they can hold you over. And from what I and I'm only speaking from my experience. Um, and usually that cap is about it taps out at about 72 hours. Yeah, well, because there's a safety. Yeah. I mean, there's there's safety issue. Realistically, there's a safety issue at 24 right. hours, but but we're, right. we'll deal with that at another time. That could be another topic for another day. But what sure. I'm talking about is like. Where I worked, and this is, to me, the ongoing still problem in neighboring counties where I worked and stuff like that. They're still going through this right now because there was a big um, rant that was going on on Facebook about people talking about professionals that are still doing this in, in the counties that I live, worked in and near. They're talking about right. all this stuff going on, and they're asking, like, hey, there's, there's really no good way to fix this. And I strongly disagree. Um, there were a couple right. people that were saying sort of similar ideas um, on the thread of this, cause this went, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the definition of viral is, but it got very popular, um, uh, with, with topics and responses and comments being put in there. Um, the problem is you have fire department people who take a three month fucking class who never have to recertify their fire gear or fire cert, excuse me. Um, and they somehow become in charge of the EMS people who have to take a, equivalent of a two year associate's degree d- degree to get their paramedic. and. On top of that, you have to do 72 hours of continuous education training 
in a two-year period if you're a nationally registered paramedic or when I was there or a four-year period if you're just doing your Virginia certification. Um, Correct. And the fire department people, they just take their three-month class for fire one, three-month class for fire two, roughly. I mean, you can maybe get it faster in certain places or whatever, but that's like the they average. Life. And you're it for life. You don't ever, I'm now, right. now, am I saying fire department people never, the firefighters never train? No, that's not what I'm saying. You dingleberries, listen up. What I'm saying is you don't have to. Like I am technically a firefighter for life, even though I haven't been doing anything for the last, I guess now seven years. Um, so that's what I'm talking about. So you have those people doing it. And the problem is you don't let people in the EMS side advance unless they want to go to the dick sucking of the fire side. And I know this is going to piss some people off and I don't fucking care because you know, it's true. You have to, I, I mean, I talked to my chief about it, particularly in my department. I'm like, you need to make a chain of command that EMS people can have something to shoot for. So they Correct. have something to advance their career because otherwise what happens, and we talked about this pre-show where I worked, I was told that my position as a tech two paramedic firefighter was the equivalent of $150,000 a year that the, that the county put on us as a value for our salary and for our training that went into making us, you know, what we were, right? So right. that means to replace us, they have to spend a minimum of $150,000 and the time it takes to get that training done. So if you're having a six-month or a four-month recruit school, you start at zero, you go the four to six months, now you're an EMT firefighter because that's normally what you get in the recruit schools. Then after that, we're wait, that's how it was in our county. Then after that, you want to be a paramedic or, or, a, or intermediate or whatever. You have to go to that medic class. That's another six months from there. So, you know, that or 12 months, whatever, depending on what you're trying to do. But my point is it takes about a year to get someone up to the status. So when you have someone like me who leaves the department and then makes a gap in the department, okay, and that goes for anybody that leaves the department, that gap isn't filled for four to six, six months to a year, depending on if they're a medic or if they're just an EMT firefighter. EMT firefighter, you can replace in about six months. But that means they're rookies, too. They don't really know what they're doing. They still have to do the field training and stuff when they get out in the field. So right. instead of, in my opinion, instead of having hot places that are just continually run by fire chiefs who don't know what the fuck they're doing as far as the EMS, who don't treat the EMS like scumbags or do treat them like scumbags and, and try to make people, force people to cross train, it doesn't work. This is why people leave the job and this is why the other people then get screwed into having to work all the overtime because you should have a separate system. It could be under the same umbrella, but you need to have a career path. And I told this to my chief when I was there, I was like, why don't you make a position that could be like an EMS chief, like a real EMS chief, not some stupid person that just sits in an office all day, but make someone that actually is like a field EMS chief. They can go around and do all the EMS calls so that the battalion chiefs can stay clear to go to the fires or the big wrecks or whatever, right? So they can man their fire people on those kind of incidences. Why don't you do that? And they never had a good answer, you know? So what are your thoughts on it? Well, well I agree um, on a lot of points. I, me personally, yeah, I mean, there's, the, and I can't speak for all places because every, every, every department's different. I mean, some of them, yeah, a lot of, a lot of departments, EMS still, even though EMS is, makes up a majority of the call volume now, especially in certain areas where a lot of these places, you're not going to really see too much fire. It's all going to be medical and trauma. Okay. So that's a huge separate revenue stream that gets combined with that department where, in my opinion, how can you afford to still treat the EMS side as the red, redheaded stepchild when, one, 
that's boosting the call volume and you're getting a massive jump in a budget and you're still treating them like shit. Well, yeah. You know, it, to me, the logical thing would be, okay, like you said, let's add more of an incentive, especially as far as promotions go, because when people start to see that, because there are also some departments, if you're on the EMS side of things, you know, there was uh, like, like for instance, I use the, uh, you know, city of Alexandria, Virginia fire department, which is literally the oldest fire department in this country. You know, it's been there basically right up to George Washington. Um, and they're still, I mean, they're a great department in the city of Alexandria, right outside of DC, right across, right across the Potomac. Um, you know, they, before they changed, um, they used to be, I mean, they're housed in the same stations, but they were separate. Wore the same uniforms, but if you were EMS, that was your job. If you were fire or, you know, you were on the truck or you were on the squad, that was your job. Okay. It was separate, you know, fire and EMS. Um, and they also had a different retirement system that was different. They didn't have the same retirement system, at least from what I remember. So, but all that changed. And then I guess, uh, some people were grandfathered in to not have to do it, but then other people had to, you know, actually get cross-trained to the fireside. So it was all combined. But, uh, but yeah, it's a hassle some places, but then in, in some places they actually do it right. You know, they, 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 uh, they make it equal as far as promotion goes on fire and EMS side, you know, just so there's that incentive. Cause you, like you said, a lot of people figure that out and they're like, why am I staying here? Like if there's not going to be a career path for advancement, but there is on the fire side, why do I want to keep doing this at this department? You know, some people will transition over to the fire side cause they want to stay at the department and then not do EMS anymore. Or some people will just leave. Right, but then so, you're giving up people who, but that see that's not the right. An, I, I that will be an answer. Some people will say it's like, oh, you can just right, but, but that's not the right answer because here's the thing: I was diehard and always am and always will be. Uh, I tried to give back my firefighter cert; they wouldn't take it back. But but I was diehard EMS, right? I loved right. EMS through and through, and I was a damn good paramedic. I put my skills against anybody in the state back then. Okay, as far and definitely in my fucking department. You know what I mean? I could squash most of the right. medics in the department, but. But like, here's the problem. I don't want to go to the fire side, okay? Because I value the fact that I put in a lot of hard work to get to my paramedic level and the, uh, all the stuff that comes along with that as opposed to the six-month class to learn you put water on hot stuff, okay? Like, th there's a different level of stuff going on there. And the people that I had that were my chiefs on top of me, not all of them, okay? I'm not speaking for everybody, but some of the officers that we had, majority of them, I would say, um did not feel that way. They were in charge of us trying to tell us what to do on scenes. That was a big thing they had for a little while where they were trying to tell us what to do. They would, they had like SOPs that they could tell uh, because they were a higher officer, but lower medical skill. They could even try to tell you what to do on scenes. And that didn't last very long. Um, and we had stuff like that where we even it's had a legal nightmare. It's a legal nightmare, but we also even had chiefs that are medics. They got their medic because they, to be a fire chief, they had to get their medics. So do they really want to be medics? No, but they got it because da-da-da, right? So they could advance their fire career. And those guys couldn't fucking spell, spell ALS if you tried, right? So those are not the people that I need telling me how to do stuff when this is what I live and breathe. I, on the other hand, also, reciprocally, I don't need to be the one going into your house when it's on fire, okay? Because I don't fucking really care unless there's people trapped, okay? So I'm not the one you need in there, just like you don't need... uh 
Johnny firefighter who does EMS as a side job coming in when you're having a real cardiac event. I don't need to be one going into your house when it's on fire. And I can see it both ways, okay? Because I can be objective like that. You have plenty of, you know, and my, I'm speaking from where I worked. Plenty of people in our department that were diehard fire guys. That's fucking awesome, right? So being that being said, and there's an overflow of those amount of people, there's no reason to put myself or any of the other EMS gurus in our department into that position. There's no right. reason. There's no reason that one of us should take the, the diehard firefighter guy's seat because there's plenty more of those than there are of us. So you leave us on right. the EMS side, you leave us alone. We do a great job EMS. I told my fire chief where I worked in our county, we brought in $2 million a year as the, as the, because they did soft billing. We talked about this in other podcasts. We did soft billing for transports in our, in our county. Okay. That brought in $2 million a year, which no, that's right. not a ton of money, but for our little county, that was a pretty big deal. Right. Right. And I told our chief, I was like, I brought you in $2 million this year. Your fire guys didn't bring you in $2 million. The only thing they do is bring in fire level levy tax money. But after that, all they do is spend money because you buy apparatus, you waste water when you're doing a fire. You know, you're doing you're, everything that costs money goes out, right? Using equipment and stuff like that. EMS is doing all that. You're, of course, we're using equipment too, but then we're also bringing in $2 million. You see what I'm saying? Right. So there, I'm not, now I'm not saying EMS is better than fire. That's not what I'm saying, but they should be considered two separate entities. They can be under the same house that they need to be two separate entities. Where I worked, I was started off, I was a tech two, okay? Which is a medic firefighter. That was, the, that was what we were called. We were called tech twos, technician twos. Uh, the joke going on in our county was tech two for life because unless you want to go to the fire side and get a position maybe as a medic on a fire truck, right. you know, you're still like someone in the back. Maybe, and then maybe you could go up and be like someone in the front seats of the fire trucks and stuff like that. But that, that was your only option. You couldn't do anything else. You, there was no advancement to just be like, well, I just want to do EMS and run EMS calls and like supervise other medics and help train other medics. There was no, nothing there. You could do that kind of stuff, but there was no incentive financially to do so or rank wise to do so. And that was the biggest problem, you know? And then in our department, our, our department came up with what they called an EMS supervisor. They were talking about this idea. They formed committees. They made rules that basically prohibited most EMS people to do it from doing it. Right. So they could keep their fire guys. It's another really thing. They're masking it as an EMS thing, but it's really a fire promotion. And I went in and talked to my chief about that. And I said, that position should be only by, and I, named, and I rattled off like 10 names, you know, in our department that I listed off the top of my head that are diehard EMS people, right? right? These are 10 names that are the only 10 that should be included in that that, that grouping to be picked for the three jobs, one for each shift, right? So out of the 10 names, three people get picked for the job, okay? You should not promote, and I listed a whole bunch of other names that were people who were medics, but who really liked fire, okay? And he was like, well, yeah. And I was like, no, it's, if you do it, if you do it, if you do not do what I'm telling you, you are gonna lose all the respect for all the people and you're gonna have people leaving this department. Because again, you're not giving anybody a thing, a path. It's tech two until you die, otherwise. In, or until you retire. See what I'm saying? It doesn't give anybody any incentive. And that, and that was the biggest problem. He didn't get it. And he's no longer chief in our department anymore. He got let go. But, but uh, that's, that's what happens. Because these people don't understand that. They don't understand. You can't do it. And I told him it's a very simple fucking test. It's a very simple fucking test. You bring the guy in. You say, hey, Steve, I heard you want to be the EMS supervisor. And he says, yes, I do. And you pull down his pants and you say fire truck. And if he gets a fucking hard on, then he's not the right guy for your job. That's what I told him because it's fucking stupid. You don't need these fucking dip fucks that are, that are these dumb firefighter people that, and I'm not saying firefighters are all dumb, but these fucking idiots that we had, these ass clowns, 
that, that, that they don't need to be in charge of the EMS system stuff. I don't need somebody. Well, I'm, who, sure, I'm sure. I don't need. I'm sure. I, don't need I don't need someone that doesn't who doesn't know how to start an IV t- tell me something about how to do my job. I need someone well, who's sure on my the, level. Uh, I'm sure some of the competent and you know real firefighters would would absolutely agree with you on that point. Yeah, and I'm not. You no, know, because and, they, and, they don't want they don't want the uh, they don't want the dipshits there with them either. Yeah, and it, so. and it, and it, it is because let's 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 be real basic about. It. Sorry, I'm going on. Hey, man, get it out. No, but let's let's be real. Let's be real basic about it, right? Right. Fire department. Okay, EMS. Like I said, you have to get it for a paramedic. Okay, it's equivalent of an associate's degree in a community college. It's a two year course. Okay. Now it can right. be it can be slimmed down to six months, a year, depending on where you go, because you're doing so many hours a day of training versus you know whatever. So it can be slimmed down, but I'm saying it's the equivalent. You can take that to any. You can take your par- like when I did mine. I went to um, I went to West Virginia University. Okay, I dropped out. I later went back to school to finish my degree at Liberty University Online because they had a great online course in Virginia and it's, you know, um, all nationally accredited and regionally accredited and all the stuff, right? They, they gave I didn't me, take you for a religious guy though, bro. No, I'm not religious at all, but I, but I, isn't that, isn't that Jerry Falwell's uh, school? Yeah. Liberty Bible yeah, College? Yeah. But I, but I enjoyed the fact that it was online. And it's, you didn't get, uh, lightning didn't come down and strike you when you were like, uh, taking classes. No. And I told every single class, <laughs> no, and it was, it was actually, we could have that discussion later, but I actually, no, I had that. I actually told every class I actually messaged because like at that school, you have to tell, uh, four, four of the classes you have to take are like, I think it was three or four. You had to take a religious type theology classes, stuff like that. Right. And I had, I messaged all my professors before we started and said, Hey, I don't believe in any of this stuff. Um, but so you didn't, I, but I'm not, if, uh, you didn't ask him if uh, Luciferianism was an option. No, but I said I don't believe in this stuff. Is that <laughs> going to? But I said is that going to? But I said is that going to cause a problem? Now I'm not anti people right. who are religion religious. I just it's just not my thing. I don't I don't buy into right. it. I don't think it makes any sense. But if if that's what you believe, rock yourself out, man. I, I'm not here to judge anybody, right? And they all said no. This is awesome, dude. We'd love someone with another opinion perspective. So, yeah, yeah. To, to do it. And so we and we had in all our classes online. I, those are actually some of my most fun classes because, you know, they're doing their, you know, curriculum, right. Which is following a standard form. You can kind of see where it's all going. Um, right. and then you had to comment like part of your grade was you had to comment on different things. And so I would comment sure. and be like, respectfully, I would comment when do anything stupid, but I'd be like, Hey, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in this. You know, I, I don't believe in religion. I think I don't believe in God. I don't believe in all this stuff. Like, here's what I think. And then they'd be like, well, why do you think that though? And I'm like, well, here's my reasons for this. And like, it's actually a good point. You know what I mean? Now they didn't, I'm not saying I swayed them or I'm not, nor am I trying to sway them because I don't really care. They just respected it. They respected it because I had valid points behind what I was saying. Just like they could also come back and say, well, I believe it's this. I'm like, Hey man, that's awesome. You do you, you know, I don't care what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, you know, whatever you want to do with your life is your business, you know? Um, and Absolutely. so anyway, we got off topic there. I'm not sure where we went off topic on that, but, um, all right. So yeah, so that, that's what I'm saying. Like even at Liberty, they gave me equivalent with my WVU credits that I took at WVU. And then they gave right. me two years worth of credits uh, as a paramedic because they recognize that as a paramedic, you have the equivalent of, even though I did not, I did not have an associate's degree. Okay. Because the places where I took my paramedic, you could pay in it a little extra money at the end. You know, your course was X amount of dollars. And if you wanted to, you could pay a little additional on top, let's say another 500, a thousand bucks, whatever. And then that would give you the equivalent of the associate. They would turn it into credits. And then, right. because they have to, they, they have to work on do the paperwork to tra- transfer your classes into like whatever fits the criteria of the community college. And then they get you your associates that way. And then you go through and graduate. I didn't need that. So right. I didn't use it then, but Liberty, I recognize that. 
because obviously they're in Virginia, they're in the same system and all that stuff. And they recognize that and they gave you the credits for it. But if you get your fire department or you're a firefighter, you don't get those same credits because you don't have the equivalence associate degree. You have a certification that you took in three months and that's it. Right. And you don't ever have to renew it. You just, you can, I'm not saying, I'm not, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying firefighters don't train. That's not what I'm saying, but you don't have to train. I'm, I haven't done anything EMS or fire related in seven years. It's actually been seven years uh, to this month since I moved and got out of the business and moved here. I could still right now go down to my local fired house and probably, you know, through some finagling, probably get in and volunteer. Right. Because I still have the cert. Now, I don't know how it works with, cha- you know, state to state and all that stuff, but reciprocity, I'm sure it works for EMS. I'm sure they have a system for fire. You know, I could do that because I still have the cert. I haven't done anything. In well, I'm sure years. since where you are now, I mean, they'll see that you, and not to toot a horn or anything, they'll, they'll, they'll see that your certs came from Northern Virginia, D.C. area, and they'll just acknowledge them right off the bat. Probably. Probably. That'd be Because, because uh, I mean, that's a, that's a good system you went through. Yeah, so. they, I mean, probably they would, and, and that's probably likewise in a lot of different places in the country, too. Sure. But my point is, like, I don't have to, I know I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't have to prove to them that I know what I'm do, doing and stuff like that, but you know, that's the difference. So that's why I personally think the combo systems don't work. I think the idea of a combo system in the same firehouse is fine. I don't have a problem with where we sleep and like, you know, is there fire guys in the firehouse where we work? I don't really care about any of that part of it. I'm not talking about that part. I'm talking about the, the fire training all the time, like making the EMS people do fire training all the time for no reason. Like there was no reason for me to do in my department other than the fact that we are cross-trained there was no reason for me to go through to continued fire training every tour for something I'm never going to go into a building and do because for every structure fire, there are 700 trucks that are racing to the scene to get there. Awful with people who want to do that. And do you ever think possibly on any fire? And I used to tell this to people all the time. Do you ever think on any fire scene, a real fire, I'm talking about a working fire scene, right? On any fire scene possible, do you think I'm going to walk up and I'm going to go up to some per- person who's below me as far as the ranking structure. You'd be like, hey, get off the line. I'm taking it. I'm a tech too. You think anybody would even turn and look at me when I talked? No, they wouldn't. Because they do die hard fire department, right? Nor, to be fair, nor would I ever fucking go up and do that. Just like I would never expect paramedic, uh, par- pretend paramedic on the engine or pretend paramedic who's a battalion chief who can't spell ALS would never come up to the scene where I'm running a scene and be like, hey, I'm, the, I'm a battalion chief and I'm a medic just like you are. I'm going to go ahead and take over the scene. And to which point I would be like, absolutely not. Go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? And we've had, we both know someone who worked with us at different jobs who had that incident with a scene where they were told by a chief to do something particular with the, hot, with the patient. And that particular person told his driver, who was also cool, uh, hey, turn off your fucking radio in the truck. They turn off the radio and they went and did what he wanted to do as far as taking the the patient to the correct hospital. This, this dumbass medic person wanted to wait on the scene for a helicopter to get launched and all this other stuff when he could have taken him right to the hospital that they were going to take him to anyway. So the medic told the driver, shut off the radio. And then later they were just like, yeah, we don't know what happened. The radio wasn't working and you know, whatever that, 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 so that's the kind of stuff you had to do little workarounds for, because these are people that actually know what they're doing, that actually care about life and safety and health versus people who are, you know, the fireside doing their version of the same thing. But, in a different manner, right? Well, well, I also think it it's it depends on the department. I mean, because it, it it works well in some departments and not in others. So I, I think there's two sides to that coin. 
Okay, um, let's I hear it. Let's hear it. I think I think there's plenty of departments that have maybe they didn't start off, you know, welcoming EMS. Even though, well, let me break it down for a second. The thing, the thing that I've always thought was ridiculous, especially for departments that don't really want to acknowledge that EMS exists and still treat them like the, you know, the redheaded stepchild is one. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. The majority of the call volumes are EMS, which is that's just that's just the reality of it. You know, most most departments, most most uh, jurisdictions now, a majority of the call volume is EMS and trauma. Or you know, or some sort of EMS-based call, for uh, the exception of smells and bells and, and car accidents and whatnot. You know, but even those the car accidents are considered you know EMS, even though there's entrapment or whatnot. So you would think logic would say that okay, we that's boosting our call volume, it's justifying other positions, it's increasing our budget, plus, like you said before, Jason, you know, most departments have what we call third-party billing, where they're able to bill patients insurance companies now to where they're bringing in even more money, kind of like when you said that you were, you were bringing in $2 million extra dollars a year, unlike the fire side. So logic would say that, okay, well, why aren't we treating these people better and increasing their, you know, advancement as far as promotion and whatnot more than we already are to keep them here? Because the last thing we would want to happen is, is us to have a lower staffing of, of EMS personnel because they went other places and then we're going to get, we're going to lose some of that money. That's just the reality of it. Now, well, and you're going to cause people to be held over more. You're going to have, you're, you're, that's gonna, what I'm you're, you're, you're increasing overtime, you're, you're increasing overtime. You're increasing for, burnout rates. Right. It's you're increasing cost more safety issues and you're creating, right. you're creating more divorces. You're but creating I think a lot more of breakups and relationships. Sorry, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but, there's no. a lot more shit that goes on that people don't understand. Like I, I have a friend who's a guru EMS, like a baller. Right. And he's like, he's like what I was, you know, like as far as like just loves that hates fire, plays the game, but hates fire. Right. And, and he's even to his last straw with stuff. Cause he's like, yeah, it sucks. You know? And I was like, yeah, it's not going to fix itself. Not at least not in our department. I'm not saying it can't be fixed other places, but where we worked, right. it's not going to fix itself because you have these good old boy networks with, in my opinion, some of these chief people they put in these positions that couldn't get a job as a greeter at fucking Walmart because they're really not qualified to do half the shit they're told they can do, but they've been there long enough so they get promoted into these positions and they have no business. They, I'm not saying they don't have any business running a fire scene particularly. Like if it's a working fire, you want to run your fire scene, knock yourself out, or you want to run your auto accident scene, or you want to run whatever, right? You can come up with your different brush fires, whatever you can come up with. But... They, they don't have any business doing the fireside stuff. That's, that's just my opinion. I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, EMS side stuff. Correction. Well, that's, that's what I was saying. It, it, I think a lot of departments, yes, a lot of them are still like that, but there's also a lot of them that have adapted to the way things should be. And it's working great. Um, Shout out to know, them. I think, yeah. And I, I just, uh, I don't want to pigeonhole like all departments in that, that category as far as like, you know, shitting on EMS though. Cause like I said, the, the things have come a long way. Do they have a lot of work that they need to do? Absolutely. I don't you know, even, because, like, uh, but I don't even know if it's necessarily shitting on like I'm, and I, when I'm talking about my stuff, I'm talking about the department I worked at. Okay. And I can talk about right. surrounding departments in our area because I know everybody that works at all those departments. So you, you hear the, you know, what's going on on the other side of the fence, you know, so to speak, but I'm talking about partic particularly where I work and you're, right. you're the, I think part of the problem is a lot of these people who are chiefs, 
and, and who make these decisions to run the department a certain way, realize and understand that they, unless they get out of the fire service, they, they really don't have any other skill in their life. They have to, they have to keep that going that way because if they let the people with the college degrees come in, who are the medics usually come in to do their stuff, they're going to be pushed aside because realistically they're the ones who are the higher educated people or the MS people. I mean, just from the paramedic class alone. Um, and they're, they should be the ones making that decision. But instead of making a counter a combo system where like you have a tree that you can go up an EMS to a certain point, that'd be great. And some part departments like you're like, like you said, some do it. Some do what our department did, which is make a little tree. You can kind of climb up under the guise. It's a tree you can climb up, but it really can't because you have to be up playing with the fireside in order to be picked for that position. Well, I think you can also, we had multiple people. We had multiple people. There were, I'm just gonna say this. We had multiple people in our department who were EMS supervisors on our shifts who were EMTs. That's fucking retarded. Now I'm not thinking against EMTs because I was an EMT for a long time, but you do not, the EMT does not need to be in charge of the paramedics. It's not, that's doesn't work. Okay. You need to have someone who likes EMS, who doesn't like the fire side, who isn't scared to do the paperwork, who isn't trying to get out of all the shady shit, the fire, you know, that stuff happens, you know, where, and we've all seen it. If you work in a combo department, you all see it where you're the medic unit, you get dispatched to a call engine gets there first, you roll up. What does the engine do? It's a patient refusal. What did, what did they call you there for? Quiz, Bobby. What do they call you there for? It's going to be a patient refusal. Engine's on the scene 10 minutes before you get there. Why are they, yeah, keep, why are got, they keeping you coming in? Because they are. That's, that's the no. million dollar question. Well, no, they're doing it because they want you to do the patient refusal form. No, exactly. They don't want to deal with the paperwork. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't tell you. One more thing I can't tell you. The, the EMS supervisor who was appointed on our shift, I was on C shift. The, the one that was appointed on our shift, was nice guy. Okay. I'm not knocking him as a person. Okay. But EMS supervisor had no business. He had no business really being a supervisor at his age and stuff like that. But that's beside the point, but he definitely didn't have it as far as the EMS side. We're going to stay on topic here. And I did, he had that multiple times where I got there. He's an EMT. It was an EMT B call. Okay. There's medical call went out. He was first on the scene because it was his due. They didn't have a medic unit at his station. He was just supervisor that day. He was in there. So he got there first. Great. Okay. We get called in from like a do away or two do's away, wherever we were at the time. We get over there and we go in. He's like, hey guys, how you doing? And it's like, hey, he's like, hey, this is, this is Sally Sue. She's complaining of a stub toe. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Hey, Sally Sue, how are you? Good. Okay. So, you know, hear the story, what happened. Okay, cool. And then he's like, I was like, oh, did you want to go to the hospital? And she's like, no, I, didn't, I told him I didn't want to go to the hospital. And I'm looking at the, the supervisor guy like, what the fuck? And then he's like, yeah, I just figured you could get the report. And, I, and me being the person I am, because I always fought the system, you know, was like, uh, or you could get the report because you're fucking sitting here yeah. and you established patient care first. And but you're the course, EMS supervisor. Uh, yeah, but he didn't. Of course, did he do that? No, he didn't because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and he sucks at his job. Well, that's job. just laziness, though. That happens all the time. But it's, but it's happens, laziness. I, mean, I, but I, it's can't even, I can't even tell you how many times I go into work and, you know, we're responding to a, uh, you know, a vehicle accident and, you know, they continue us in sometimes. It also depends on who's on the engine. You know, and say it's just property damage only or even someone's hurt, you know, that basic life support can handle. And all the firefighters are EMTs. So it's like, why are you still continuing us in to get the patient refusal? It's because you don't want to do the paperwork, you know, and but then the excuse is, well, we thought they should be checked out anyway. Well, they just said they didn't want to be checked out. Right. They told you they didn't they didn't want to go to the hospital. Or, they or, said they didn't want any care. Or the cla- so, or the classic you have uh, in our department, we had ALS engines. So min- minimum right. staffing. That's not everybody. That's not everybody. When I say what I just said, that doesn't mean that that's everybody that does that. That's just 
it, it's all relative. It depends on the person. Well, it's like you in, know? Our, in our department, we had ALS engine, which is three people on an engine, a driver, a, a lead, a, a officer. Which they were, they were perfectly equipped to get a patient refusal instead of continuing and and basically, you know, jamming up a medic unit from going on another call just to come in and do paperwork that the person on the engine didn't want to do. Yeah, and we well, like I was saying, we had like times where we would have an AL, an a, 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 a paramedic on an engine, a BLS unit on the scene, right? Right. For a patient that was an ALS patient, they would call the ambulance from two dues away, the medic unit, sometimes from two dues away, depending on what was going on in the county with other calls, right? We'd get there, and they'd be like, hey, Jason, we're going to have this ALS patient for you with whatever, cardiac, whatever it is, right? And I'm like, cool. Why didn't the right. fucking medic on the engine get off the goddamn engine, get on the ambulance, which all our ambulances in our county were ALS equipped, but you had to have the medic on board and an EMT on board to make it official EMS uh, paramedic truck in the state of Virginia, okay? Or in the Commonwealth of Virginia, sorry. So, but the reason that they did not pull the ALS person off the engine is because they didn't want the, tr the engine to go out of service because then it wouldn't be in service anymore because then they right. would have to drive to the hospital to go get their medic. And I'm like, that's cool if maybe we're 30 seconds out or a minute out right. or two minutes out or whatever, some reasonable amount of time, depending on the situation. That's not right. okay when we're fucking five, 10 minutes out. Okay. You know, but, but again, because you have the chief people who are monitoring these situations are the firefighter people who think that's so cool. And again, who don't know how to spell ALS. They're making these, they're like, Oh, I mean, it's just what happens. I'm like, and you are fired up. No, I just get, I just got pissed at cause I, <laughs> we dealt with so many fucking more. Now there are some good chiefs too. Don't get me wrong. I had a couple of chiefs in our department that I really liked. And I thought like really had the best for the department in mind. Okay. And not, for not someone who's been out of the game for seven years, you're fired up. Oh, cause well, this it drives me nuts, man. Because, because here's the thing, here's the thing. That's why I left the business, right? That's why when I had an opportunity to start my own business as an entrepreneur and work as a realtor, making unimaginable amount of money as much as I want to make, that's why I left the business. And that's why it was the right time for me. My family was moving all the stuff. It all, it all, all the stars aligned correctly. And I knew that was the time to get out. Cause I could see where this was going down the road, which is what, and I didn't know there was going to be a pandemic and all this other nonsense that you guys have had to deal with. Okay. But, uh, but you know, but I've been through my share of pandemics. Don't get me wrong, but, but I'm saying like, I didn't know it was going to get like this, but you could see the stuff of being mandatory holdovers all the time. Well, you could just see it just increasing people calling out that, you know, aren't sick. They're not calling out because they're sick. They're not calling out because they're trying to get, they were drunk last night. They're not calling out because blah, blah, blah. They're calling out because they can't fucking deal with the shit. <laughs> you know That's what I mean? True. They need like mental right. days. Like, and, and we all did it. I did it. You know, like right. we're just like, fuck, I don't want to go to work today. I just don't want to deal with this dumb shit today. I'm not in the mood to deal with this stupid shit today. We had people that would, they would dog us. They like this, this, I'll just, we'll just air some laundry out here. We had people that would dog us because some of the EMS people, on a day that was known, to, hey, on Wednesday on this tour, you guys be doing some massive fire training, and all of a sudden you see a lot of medics call out that day, right? Right. You tell me when the training is, I'll make sure I'm not there. You know what I mean? Get got it, got right. it. You know, or I'll take longer on the scene, or I'll figure out some way not to be at that dumb training. Okay. Right. And same thing, and they get they try to dog the medics for that shit, but then you take a um, engine person who's always on the engine, and they get denoted next tour. Not, not because of a bad thing they did or anything, but they get moved next tour to the ambulance because so-and-so is on vacation or something, so they have to cover as the ambulance driver or the paramedic driver, right? And guess what happens? They call out the whole tour 
with the flu or whatever nonsense they say they have, which we all know wasn't the case because it happens all the time. You know what I mean? And, 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 but, but that's looked over as like, well, I mean, he was really sick. I'm like, no, he wasn't. You know what I mean? But and I'm not knocking him for doing I'm not knocking him. I didn't want to come to Oregon doing the dumb fire training. You know? Right. How many times do you have to carry a fucking hose line up to a front door like, to figure out that's how you do it? Like, I mean, it doesn't take that long to figure this stuff out. And I wasn't even, I wasn't good at being a firefighter. Yeah, I don't want to do it that much unless I'm a porn star. <laughs> Bringing the rod. <laughs> but, just kidding. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a good old boy, at least where I worked. Good old boy network run by good old boys. Who don't really know how to, they're not manager material. If you look up, and I can say this from learning business stuff that I've done from, you know, doing my entrepreneur stuff as a realtor and a travel agent, stuff like that. I've done tons of classes, tons of training on business, just business, not just real estate and travel stuff, but just business right. overall. There's tons of podcasts, read tons of books and all the stuff that the fire departments do for the most part, the ones I'm talking about, at least that I dealt, that I'm talking, speaking of do exactly the opposite of what like fortune 500 companies do. Right now, obviously fortune 500 companies aren't fire departments. I understand that, but the, the organization behind the scenes is the exact opposite of what it should be to have a healthy work environment where people want to come to work. You know, it's like, it's like my Lieutenant used to say, one of my good friend lieutenants in the department. Right. And he was also a medic too. I mean, he was good medic and, and a good guy and everything. But he used to say, he's like, he's like, man, he's like, <laughs> he's like, I love JP, man. He's like, he was a, he was a great employee. Until one time they told him he had to be on the fire truck and then the seas opened up and wrath came down. <laughs> and it's true because when I first started, they, I was on a medic unit just where I wanted to be. I was on the busy, busiest medic unit in the county. And I said, fuck yeah. And I did this is my first day, like out of the academy, right? And I'm like, fuck yeah. Leave me here 20 years. I'm out. Let's leave, put, uh, 20 years, 25, whatever we had to do. I was like, leave me here for 25 years. I want to run every fucking call. I want every fucking call every day. I want to be busy all day. I love this shit. You know what I mean? And then after a little while of that, they all of a sudden were like, hey, we're going to move you to this engine. I'm like, what? Why? Why are you moving me to an engine? I'm like, well, we got to move people. I'm like, no, no, you don't. Why are you no one that's coming over here wants to be on the fucking shit box. What, what are we doing? You know, everybody, they, they were, they were small like pigs and shit over here on the fire truck. I'm small like pigs and shit on the medic unit. Why are we fucking with this? What are we doing? This doesn't make any sense, you know, and they started doing that. And then they kept doing that and doing that and doing that. And then that's what happens. And then you have all your good medics have retired, left, quit, transferred, like all this stuff happens. And then you're just left with the fucking yes men or yes women in the department. And then then the same fucking thing, the circle. And I used to, and I said this when I left, I said it on my Facebook post when I left my department, the circle of advancement continues. AK, it doesn't do anything. It just goes in a goddamn circle. It doesn't go anywhere. Hold on a second. I'm going to ask you, so I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second, because I know people out there listening are, are thinking this. You joined a fucking fire department. You knew that was a possibility. I know. I agree. No, I agree. And, I, and I, it's funny. Funny. You say Shut that. your mouth. Quit bitching and get on the damn fire truck. It's I, I, no, and it's true. And it's funny you said that because I actually had a guy who he he ended up leaving our department. He left our department to go somewhere else eventually. But I was working with him. He was a cool cat. He was a fire. I, I worked with lots of guys who were pro fire as my drivers right. and stuff. And I, I don't have a problem with anybody. It's like, that's cool. But that's, they also respected the fact probably that you were open and honest. I don't want to be on the truck. Yeah. And no, and they were cool. And they were probably like, well, Hey, at least you're honest about it. Cause if you weren't, at least we know you don't want to be on the truck, you know, because we'd rather you be honest about it than just pretend. Yeah. You and know, why, that can actually be even more dangerous. Well, and it's like, it's like, um, like I used to tell people, I was like, 
why do you want me on a let, let's look let's look at it from the other point of view because i had a, like i had a buddy tell me that exact same thing we were talking deep down to earth con, uh conversation once in the animals so he's like you know you joined a fire department right. I'm like i know so that's on me you know but we had a deep conversation about it. i said listen to this let's put this up okay you're you're gung-ho fire right you're on the shit box right now but you're gung-ho fire right and he's like yes and i was like okay and i named like Three other people, right? And I'm like, you all. What if you had to drive the ambulance? Hold on, I said four of you. I just named four people who could staff a fire truck. I said you four gung ho fire guys and girls, right? And he said yes. And I said, so if you had a choice, and there was a working massive working structure fire now, which I know gets you all like fucking you know excited and everything, um, would you want to go on that call with those three other people that I named? I think you used the word boner. Yeah, rock hard. I called it rock hard. Yeah. Um, But I said, would you want to go on that call with those three other people? (laughs) And they say, he said, yes. And I said, right. and you're going into the building. You're going into the working fire. You're not like sitting outside doing dumb shit. And he said, yes. And I said, would you trust your life with those three other people? So the four of you going in, would you trust your lives with those people on your, in your scene in there? And he said, uh, un- unbelievably, yes. And I said, outstanding. I said, now remove one of those fucking people. And now I'm there. <laughs> Do you now trust me with your life? In a fire situation, not EMS, because EMS, I'll fucking run you in circles. But in a fire situation, he said, respectfully, no. And I said, no, you don't need to be respectful to me. The answer is correctly, no. Why in the fuck would you want me in that crew going in there as a liability? I become a liability at that point because I don't really give a fuck about your fire stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, like when I was in the academy, when I, this, I'm going to tell you a true story. I'm going to be open on this podcast. When I was in the fire department academy, I was in the first recruit school for our county. When I was in the academy, we eventually at some point had to take our fire one, uh, I think it was fire one, uh, written exam. You have to take a state exam. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. So I took the exam. So they told everybody. And for the listeners out there that don't know what fire one and fire two is in the United States, it's basically the fire level one is going to be your initial training, your initial certifications for uh for your fire training. And then you have fire two, which is the advanced level. Right. So we, they told everybody the, the grades came back like a day or two after we took them. I don't remember how long it took, but it was pretty soon after. And then they had Correct. six of us get pulled into the chief's office. Now we're in an Academy. So we have right. to pass fire one. We have to pass fire two. We have to pass physical crap in order to graduate. Otherwise we're just not employed. Okay. Um, I was already a, a EMT intermediate at that point. So I was already a medic, but Anyway, so we went through the thing. So they call us in one at a time into the chief's office and they, they berate you for how much you suck on your fire exam. So it came to me. I get called in. I sit down with my chief. He looks at me. He goes, how do you think you did on the exam? I said, I don't know. Probably not good. I don't know. I'm assuming I'm, I'm being pulled in. I'm, not, I'm assuming I didn't get pulled in because I got an A+. And he said, no, you got the worst grade. And I said, okay. And he said, you got a 56 on the fire one exam. And I said, okay. And then he said, why do you think that was? And I said, um, cause I never read the book. I didn't study any of this cause I don't fucking care. And he said, well, you understand you have to pass it to keep your job. And I said, fine, then I'll study and I'll pass the test. Fine. I guess, you know what I mean? And I did. And I studied, I took, they took the retest and I passed it. You know, but like, that was my point from the beginning. Like, cause they were like astonished that I didn't care. And I'm like, oh, I didn't read the book. I, what do I need to read a book for? I, I didn't, I don't care about any of this stuff. I'm not going to, there's no reason for me to go into the fire when you have out of the 27 people or 28 people that went to our recruit school, 
26 of them would give their lives in a heartbeat, volunteer to give their lives in a heartbeat to run into a structure fire just so they could come out and take pictures afterwards. But again, you joined a fire department. I know, I know, I know. Hey, hey, you can you knock me for it. You knew that from the beginning. You can, knock, you can knock me for it. You know, you can knock me for it. It's fine. And that's true. And that is a good point to bring up. I that's could true. understand a little more if you joined a two separate but under the same roof department and you were hired for either or. But that's not the way that system but works. But we were told. You're hired, but now, for, now you're to hired for, the, for the whole thing. Now, to so be that's fair, their mentality. To, hold on, but hold on, that's, hold on. Okay. That's their mentality. Okay, now you got to listen to the counterpoint, bro. I'll okay, listen. I'll listen, and then I'm going to counterpoint okay. your counterpoint. No, okay, but you're you're in a fire academy. Okay, you you've already come there with your EMS certs. Okay, if anything, most of those guys and girls are being trained in the fire academy at as far as medical goes, up to an EMT level. Okay, you've surpassed that. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, and let me finish first. They probably used you to help train the medical portion of that academy, correct? No. Because of your skills. Okay, okay. No, no it was mainly, it was, to be okay. fair, it was mainly But your training. main job in that academy is fire operations. Okay, whether that's pulling hose, whether that's working the hydrants, whether that's working the pump, or whatever. Okay. That's that's your job. So that's what they're that's what they're looking at when you're going through that. So of course they're gonna say that. And of course they're gonna be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Why does he even want to be here if this isn't what he wants to do? If he wants to just do EMS at that point, point Alexandria. Yeah, you but, know, but go that, join DC. That's the counterpoint that I was gonna make to your counterpoint was that at the time, like I said, we were the first recruit school. So prior to that recruit school, we were an EMS, um, what's it called? EMS services department, not a fire department. So they did have just medics, just, you know, people, they actually didn't have fire trucks. I don't believe back then, but, but that's not what you were hired. For. No, no, I know. I understand that. I understand that. But what we were told when we were getting applying for the job was that, yeah, yeah. If you want to be on the medic unit, that if you, if you're someone that wants to be on the medic unit, not a problem. If you're someone, we can almost guarantee it without guaranteeing it, right? If you're someone who wants to be on the fire truck, yeah, it's higher competition level because everybody wants to be on the fire truck. So that's what we were told going into it. So now I'm not saying that was in writing. I'm not saying that was part of the contract. I understand the contract said fire, fire technician two, paramedic firefighter, whatever, or whatever it said, advanced life support, fire department, firefighter, whatever it said. Um, I understand that. I'm not disagreeing with you, but there was a unwritten rule that the EMS people who they knew were good at EMS because I volunteered in the system prior to becoming paid in the system. Um, so they all knew who me and what I could do and all that stuff. So that, they, Jason, that was the thing. Jason, yes. I'm specifically talking about the Academy. I don't care about what, 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 what you're, you're talking about what happens post Academy or prior to getting hired. I'm talking about while you're at the Academy, that's where, even if you don't want to do that shit, you play the game until you're done. Yeah, no, I did. I did. I it's did the same it. thing. It's the same thing with most academies. How you know a lot of the firefighters are like, why? Why do I want to learn this medical shit? You know, but they play the game until it's done because that's what they have to do. Yeah. Because that's what they. That's part of what they join. You know, and I'm not. I'm just. I'm just playing devil's advocate because you know, because you know, uh, it's fun, and, <laughs> and, and you know, <laughs> other people that are listening are probably thinking, well, well, damn, man, he. he he joined the fire department. What the fuck did he expect? You know? So that's why I'm just, 
you know. No, it's fine. I respect. I I respect everybody's it's opinion. Kind of, I respect uh, your opinion on it too. No, I just I, mean, I just knew that's... I knew for me that joining the fire department was a way to get a career job on a medic unit. Okay. Right. I knew based on the history of the department and how it was changing to a fire department and stuff. I knew that me getting that job on the medic unit already, first of all, already being right. a medic second, already really knowing what I'm doing. Uh, as far as the EMS side is concerned, I was not a firefighter at that time. Um, right. I knew I was a shoe in for the position as far as that part of it being like getting released, going through the Academy, playing, like you said, playing the games of the Academy and then getting put on a medic unit and then just ride it out for 20 years or 25 years or whatever. I knew that. But that's not, now I'm not, now the Academy, you're right. I should have paid more attention to the Academy, but I didn't because it's just not something I really give a shit about. But that, that's where that came in from. But you have to I get did. where you need to go. I did. No, 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 I did. It's kind of like, hold on, let me, let me say this. Let me say this. It's kind of like this. When I used to teach, uh, when I used to uh, help teach part of the paramedic per- curriculum at one of the uh, uh, community colleges in the area, I don't. I can't tell you how many times, and you'll understand what I'm talking about when I say this. I can't tell you how many times because when it comes to you know teaching those types of curriculums, you get you get people from career fire departments and EMS EMS departments that want to get their higher paramedic skills. You get people from volunteer departments who want to get their higher paramedic skills, and then you get civilians that just want to get all their certifications and licenses before they actually go apply for a job, so they don't have to do it later. Um, but as you know, as you well know, there are plenty of people, and I don't know how many times I've had to correct people on this, where you're teaching them a curriculum, especially when it comes to advanced life support operations, you know, from, from EMT to paramedic level, you know, you're teaching the paramedic level. Uh And I don't know how many times when it comes to the curriculum they're learning, People would come to me like, well, I don't understand. This isn't what my, this isn't, this isn't what my, at my volunteer station, when I do my volunteer duty, this isn't what our standing operating protocol says that we should do. I'm like, well, what you're learning in here is the national standard. This is not your particular department's jurisdiction. That's left up for your department. What you learn here is the national standard. Then wherever you go, you learn how they tweak the national standard and what they want to do. I said, but here, if you look at it like that, 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 Hey, this isn't what my personal department does. You're not going to pass because you need to play the game, learn what's in the book. Then everything that you're really going to do out on the street for your department is what you're going to learn from their local SOPs standing up, you know, operating procedures. Well, and you take you know, that, so, you can take that one step further too. And then after you learn your standard local SOPs, then you get in the field and then you learn how it really is done on the street level. But you the can, whole, the thing was, it was like, they, 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 at first it's like, some of them is like, well, I, I don't understand. It's like, this isn't what I'm going to be doing. It's like, you need to understand something. You're learning from a curriculum that's taught the same way throughout the United States from a national standpoint. Okay. What you do in your personal jurisdiction, whatever fire department they may be, that may be, is going to be a variation of what you're learning here that they've tweaked for their own department. Said, but this is the curriculum that's taught nationwide, and you need to learn this first before you go. Re- and it took so long for, for some of these people to understand. It's like, you need to understand. You need to, this is where you need to absorb whatever you're learning in the textbook or what we're teaching you to pass the national exams. If you don't do that, you're not going to pass. 
I'm not saying I disagree with you that, hey, yeah, this is what my department does. But when you're here learning, you know, in a educational setting, aside from your fire department, you need to learn what we're teaching you here and what you're reading in your texts. And that's what you're going to be tested on by the national standards. And it, I don't know how many times it took so many people to get used to that. It's like, look, you need to play the game just to pass because this is what they teach you in the national curriculum. Whatever you do, wherever you go back to, to your fire department, your volunteer squad, whatever, you do what they want to do there. But make sure you need to do this and learn this so you can pass, get your credentials so you can actually practice over there. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, I think that's well said. I mean, and that's, that's like, it's the same thing when it comes to the fireside, you know? They're looking at it the same way. Look, they know in the back of mind he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like EMS. But at the same time, he needs to pass these objectives just so he can pass the academy, then put on the street, and then he can go wherever he wants to go. You know, but this is the standards that need to be met for him to get out of here and do that. But that, that I guess what you just said there is what I'm saying is not what was happening in our area is you've had to pass. Like you said, everything you said up to that point was, was on point. I think in my opinion, this is my opinion. Yes. You had to pass it to get where you want to go, but that wasn't the case in our department because once you got in the field, you maybe initially went where you wanted to go, but then they just move you around randomly it to like put you on the fire, like do stuff like that for no reason, just because. Well, they- that, that I understand, but they're also, you know, there's another way that they're probably in all due fairness, they're probably not looking at it from a logical standpoint. Like you are like, they're looking at it. Like we have all these people that, you know, especially the, the medics that are cross trained, we need to cycle them into the truck just so they keep their skills over there. That's their mentality. Your mentality is okay. Why would you, screw with one of your finest resources and put them somewhere they don't want to go or where their skills aren't, you know, utilized more efficiently. No, but yeah, my thing that, is that, that's, that's what, that's what, that's the way you're looking at it. And they're, but they're looking at it from not that at all. They're looking at it from, okay, yes, he is this and he's an awesome paramedic, but he's also cross trained, you know, fire operations. So we need to rotate him in places where he's actually going to at least, do it every once in a while. Right. But see, that's the difference. I don't, I would never, if I was a chief or now I'm a business like owner, right. I don't, I don't water down my business. Okay. So as a chief, I would not water down my fire department. What I do in in my business and I do the same thing I would do as a fire chief or whatever, right. Or EMS chief. I'm putting my best people out of my available group. I'm dividing them and putting the people where they're best suited for their including what they want to do, but what also they're skilled at, how good they are at, right? And they're all getting placed accordingly based on that. I'm not taking right. someone who is the baddest fucking saltiest fucking firefighter on the planet and sticking him driving a medic unit. That's right. a waste of resources. And there was plenty of that asinine stuff going the other way of the argument where the firefighters are getting forced to do stuff too. That's asinine. Same thing I've learned in business. When, I, when I, I'm in charge of my entire business from all the cool stuff, real stuff, all the way down to the dumb stuff, right? That we have to do the paperwork and all the back stuff that no one likes to do, right? And if I have something that I know that I can pay someone to do for me and they can do it better, like like paperwork stuff or have some office staff do certain things like that, then that's what I can get done. You see what I'm saying? Then right. I, I'll get it done because I'm going to put my 
expertise to work in the places that are going to do the best for what I'm trying to do in my business. So, and that's how I'd run it. So that's the difference. And I guess what you're saying is they, I don't, I don't understand why they would want a watered down department. I don't, I don't get that, you know, but maybe they have a, I'm sure that, well, there's also a lot of ulterior motives and power games and stuff like that. They all play. Um, Well, it's also a different, it's also, and as bad as this is going to sound, I'm just going to say it anyway. It, It also comes down to, putting it in a logical perspective. Yes. What you're saying is more of a logical standpoint, you know, why, you know, screw up a good thing when you got it going on, you know, but at the, as far as a lot of these chiefs and supervisors go, you know, no disrespect, they're looking at it from, you know, kind of a macro standpoint, if you will, where I have all of these people with all of these skills and I need to make sure that they're good at all of them. So I need to rotate them accordingly, if that makes sense. Right. But realistically, I guess that's my logical response. To that is, no, you don't because. No. And, and, I, and I agree and that, with you. Yeah. And, that, and this is, again, this is my opinion. And I guess yours too, in this sense. But like, no, you don't. Because if the structure fire comes out, like even when I rode with a, on a medic unit with a driver who was like DMS, gung-ho fire, but like DMS enough, right? It was respectful to DMS right. and stuff like that. If we got on the scene of a really big incident, a real big fire incident, yeah, I know he's going in. Like, I'm not stupid. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, so, like, we, we know this is going to happen, and that's okay, you know? Because they're, that's what their calling is. Their calling is to do that. That's their calling in life or whatever. Or that's their calling in the department. They should be the one going in there because they're the ones that want to do it, are good at their job, and know what the fuck they're doing. You know? Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. On the flip side of that, say you had one of these, you know, gung-ho uh, engine or truck guys or squad guys and uh, or even hazmat guys or girls. And they got rotated to where they're going to have to drive you and your medic. They're going to have the exact same problem. Yeah. Oh, Why I know. Fuck. Why are they removing me as great of an asset as I am? on the hazmat truck i'm the rock star and why am i being rotated to drive the paramedic unit well i agree and and, he- and, and they, they are and you saw that they get pissed off and then it they stay pissed off during calls too at yep. first not well, all of them well but, um i'll, t- I'll tell the you the same funny thing on the flip side but they still have to do it i'll tell you something funny in, in a our, system like that in our department i and my personal like line of chain of command here whatever right we had a lieutenant who was over oversaw a couple of different medic units, right? He was a cool guy. He was also a medic, paramedic. Um, right. And uh, used to be a paramedic only when they did the, before the fire department got created. Now he's on the engine doing the engine stuff. Um, he said, he brought up a point because he would like try to rotate his medics off the medic unit in every once in a while, let's say once a quarter or something like that for a tour with the engine guys so that they could, keep, you know, obviously keep up on your skills a little bit, but, you know, just work with, keep the camaraderie open. Like we were like a big team, right? Like a mothership right. and a team, like a small department with inside the department. We wanted to be the best little hub is what we called it that we could be. Right. And I was like, okay, that's cool to a point. That's cool. I, I get where you're going with it. I'm not against it because I see the rational rationale there. But right. I said, in retrospect, I said, you Lieutenant so-and-so, I'm not going to name names. You need to come roll with me once a quarter where you're my driver, bitch, or, or we can switch. I don't really care. 
but you need to roll with me because I'm a fucking hell of a better paramedic than you are. Not because I'm, he did it longer at that point. He did it right. longer his career, but because you've gone to the fireside, you don't do as much with your skills. And I bring a different, you know, I bring different experiences and stuff at the table. And he had said, he's like, no, you're a hell of a better paramedic than I am. And I said, so fair. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, make each other's heads bigger. That's what we were trying to do. I was like, but in retrospect, if you're going to pull us up here to be on the fire truck, which I can get behind that and, and back that up for a tour. Cause really realistically, what's three days, you know, it's not really a big deal. Right. And, but then in return, you need to do three days. Right. You know, and that way, because if you're talking about a hub being the best, then the hub can't be the best one way. And the other way, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? And he always said he would do it. He always said, he's like, well, that's a really good idea. I was like, yeah, why don't you do it? Why don't you let so-and-so who's a sergeant who was on the engine too. They had a sergeant and lieutenant on the same truck, the engine. I said, why don't you let the sergeant can run the engine? He's, like, he's, he's allowed to run the engine. He's a competent person. You know what I mean? Right. Why don't you let him run the engine? Move my driver over there. There's your extra firefighter to keep the truck staffed. And then you come roll with me for a tour. And we could run calls. We could trade off. You can drive the whole time. I don't really give a shit, but we can see kind of like, hey, this sucks. Did you see how we rode to the scene and the engine was there for 10 minutes and then we rolled up and got a refusal? And then we had to go back to the firehouse and spend an hour or half an hour writing up paperwork, seven different pages of paper because the engine didn't want to do it. Engine's been in bed for an hour and a half at this point. You see, do you see that? Do you, now do you see it from this side a little bit? So maybe you can be a little more compassionate. We can actually work better as a team. There's no reason to keep a fucking, when we only had six medic units on during the day covering the entire county, there's no reason to have a a paramedic unit come in as one of the six now out of service because we're committed to this call because you don't want to get paperwork done, even though you're a response vehicle or a fire truck, both of which cannot transport unless it's some weird situation. You know know what I'm saying? And and he was like, yeah, that's a really good point. And then he was like, yeah, I I think I'm going to try to schedule that because I'd really like to see how you operate. Cause I've heard really good things. And he wasn't trying to blow my head up or anything. He was just like, I've heard, you know, obviously that's, well, that's kind good. of impossible because it already is. I'm just kidding. No, but, 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 saying, but he, but he was like, he was trying to be cool. Cause I, cause I, used, I'm busting I, your balls, well, I was good friends with him when I was a volunteer, <laughs> when, when he was a paid person, I was a volunteer. We got along great. You know what I mean? Right. Cause I, I told him, I said, yeah, you were a fucking badass when I was a volunteer. I was like, look at this cat driving around, you know, doing this shit. What a badass. You know what I mean? And so I was like, Hey, let's do it, man. We want to make, if we're going to play the game, if we're, if the game is going to be, we're going to make this the best hub, then we either are really committing or we're just, or this is all another fake game that you guys are doing, you know? Cause I'll, cause I'll call Cause everybody knew there, like he used to always joke with, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I've told you the story before where I got in an argument with a citizen once and had to call the police over to deal with some citizen that was getting all rowdy on a scene once. And then came back to our new chief who happened to be his first day riding along because he was going to be, you know, he, they have to ride along for like a week or so to get the layout of the county and understand stuff too. And he came back and another chief was talking to me about what's going on. And I was like, ah, some citizen being a douche. Fuck that guy. And I walked off. And then the new chief looked at the old chief and said, who in the fuck was that guy? And they said, oh, that's Jason. And they said, yeah, if you want to know anything that's going on in the department and you want an unbiased opinion, just ask him. He'll fucking tell you. <laughs> you know, and that's what I was known for because I don't candy coat shit. I'm not here to make feelings feel better and stuff like that. I don't care if something sucks. I'm going to tell you it sucks. If you want to do something about it. Wonderful. If you don't, that's also wonderful. It's your call. It's your, you're running the show, but if you're running the show down a shithole drain, then don't, don't come crying to me when all of a sudden you have no one coming in when people are bailing. Like, like we used to all like fucking like, you know, as soon as at seven o'clock rolled around and we were off duty and then the phone starts ringing at six fifty five because they're getting ready to hold people over. Dude, tell them we're gone. Tell them we're gone. We're out of here. We're out of here. Fuck that. 
turn off your phone, don't answer the phone. Like we, we all those games, they just get played because of you're running fingers into a gutter. You know. Well, on that note, I think we've beaten this dead horse enough. Yeah, I think so too. So let's get into your uh, your section. You like Bobby's rant. Well, first of all, I'd like to say I'd like to say uh, Happy Pride Month to all out there. Hell yeah! Absolutely. But uh, one of the one of the things I wanted to uh, wanted to uh, have a small discussion about. And I'll keep this short, which because I think it's important, even though it's controversial, and I'm sure a lot of people have a problem with, with what I'm about to talk about. Is I'm going to talk about pronouns. What do you think, Jason? I think it's a very interesting topic. I do not. I will say I do not understand it. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I do understand it. Let me say that. I don't understand the need to make vocabulary into our lives. Correct. That we then have to follow because it's well, just like, I think- like that kind of thing. I don't understand that part of it. Um, I, I respect it. I understand that, you know, people have the right to, uh, and I'm not saying there's different times when some of that stuff's not uh, imperative, like as far as like, you know, wanting to identify as somebody else or whatever, feeling you're a boy in a girl's body or a girl in a boy's body, whatever, vice versa, right? Sure. Um, I, I don't buy into the whole, like, we have to call you a certain term because of that, like a, like a pronoun term. Now I'll call you whatever fucking name you want to be called, you know, so if your name is Steve. And now you want to be called, I don't know, Shelly. I'm just making something up. I have no idea. Um, then I'll, I'll call you Shelly. If that's what you want to be called. That's no different to me than like, hey, your name's Mike, but we call you Fucktard is your nickname. You know what I mean? Like, there's no difference there. Like, it's a nickname. So if you want, and in this sense, it's not a nickname. It's you're changing your name. Maybe not legally, but you're changing your what you want to be called. I don't have a problem with that. But as far as like, I have to relearn the English language because of it. That, that to me, in my opinion, that's pushing it a little too far with full respect of me and you both know someone, well, we both know the people in the LGBTQ community. Um, Correct. But we also both know someone who has gone through a- We have, we have good, really good friends in the community. Right. But yeah, no, I, yeah. That, that's for sure. But I also know, and I know you know, someone who has gone through the- um, uh, a se- I'm trying to figure out the right wording here. The sexual change process- not just chemically, but physically. Correct. So, so like doing the operations and stuff like that, not just the hormone therapy, not knocking one over the other. That's not what I'm saying. But so, and I support that because like, Hey man, do you, man, you do your thing. I'm not here to judge somebody about like what you like to do on your days off or whatever, or even, or, you know, I don't care. Like that's your life. Live your life, man. As far as we all well, know, we only get one. So, well, yeah. And for instance, and I totally agree. You know, I, I'm all about, Hey, Whatever you identify with, hey, you do you, you know, knock yourself out. I think that's awesome. But the reason why I'm bringing this topic up from a medical aspect, um, when I'm on a call and I, it's going to depend on how I treat you medically. And this has happened before. I need to ask you, like I said, I don't care what you identify with. You know, whether, I don't care. 
But when it comes to how I'm medically going to treat you, I'm going to need to know biologically what you are, what chromosomes you have, what you were born as. You know, and I need to be able to do that without you getting offended. This is a real thing. And do, do people actually give you um because like this, this is happened. this yes. is not something that when I just to be fair, I've been out of the business now for seven years. Um, like we talked about earlier in this podcast. I have I never had to deal with that. I mean, no, I'm not saying we didn't have to deal with LGBTQ, that kind of stuff, but and I'm sure there were people who were trans uh in that community before then, but it wasn't a big deal. So it never, I never had to experience that where someone's like, well, I'm, well, that's the other thing. I I don't, I don't, and like I said, I've, we, both of us combined have plenty of friends in the community that are, that we've known for years and that are great people, you know, and um, we've got some people that, you know, see themselves as gay that don't want to be attached to any of the LGBTQ community because they don't see themselves as involved in that. They see themselves as who they are. They don't want to be attached to all those politics. You know, and all the stuff surrounding it. I get that too. Um, but my point is, is when it comes to how you're going to be treated and people out there that have specific pronouns, you need to understand that there are specific reasons why we need to know what you were born as because that's going to depend on how you're going to get treated as far as medical treatment. Go, going into an example there. Give an example. Well, for example, I needed to, uh, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this. Um, I had a patient that classified as, or classified themselves as male, but it's obvious that they were not. And I need to, I needed to specifically ask them. Look, you know, like say for instance. They wanted to classify themselves as male. It was obvious they were female. The call was for abdominal pain. Okay. And one of the questions that I need to ask is, is there a possibility that you could be pregnant? Okay. 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 That and I question. need to be, this is, this is, an, this is, this is an example. This is, this is really happening. And it's a fair question because it's obvious. Look, if you recognize yourself as a male and that's how you want to identify yourself, that's awesome. I will do that. But when it comes to something like this, when you're obviously, I can tell you're a female biologically, I need to be able to ask that question without you getting offended. Well, and also because of how you see yourself, that's that's just the reality of it. Well, and also too, like in that situation, like you're discussing, if the said biological female still has biological female parts, you know, all the, the in, all the innards and stuff are there. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. Cause I, like I said, I never had to deal with that, but I would do the same thing. I would ask like, you know, I would be like, Hey, I'm not, you know, I mean, obviously if they get offended, they get offended, like whatever. But, but like, I have to ask this question because you physically, if you're just identifying because you, you have changed your view on yourself, you're still biologically a female. And then if you have, you know, sex and something like that you could still biologically get pregnant. You know, right. at, or at that point, because you haven't altered Are you, are you still having your menstrual cycle? Just right. a question as simple as that. Questions that need to be asked. Yeah. Especially if it's a call that goes out of, you know, as a, you know, abdominal pain. Because if you recognize as a male 
but it's obvious biologically you're still a female and you haven't gone through the change and maybe you're not even on any hormones. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I have yeah. to, I have to be able to ask these questions without offending you. That's just the reality of it. And if you choose to get offended, you're just going to have to, because it, it, you know, in some of these situations, it, it, it could be a life or death situation. How are you going to get treated? You know, if, if you're not a male, even though you identify as a male, I, in the call, like I said, goes out as abdominal pain. Two valid questions I'm going to have is, is there a possibility you could be pregnant? When was your last menstrual cycle? You know, just, just the same as I would ask, you know, do you have a history of, of kidney stones? Do you still have your gallbladder? Do you still have your, you know, appendix? Well, and same you thing, know, same thing too. Just as valid questions as that. You well, know, same thing it, with it, OB it just, calls. It'd be the same thing then, because if you're right, and that biologically that's, that's born a male, you don't have biological parts to then be pregnant. That leads me into my next discussion, yeah. which which would be another. Now, I'm not saying that's not a hard topic. I'm not saying that's not going to be a very. I know people that argue both sides of that, and that's fine. I'm not here to pick sides or tell you no. whatever. But I'm talking about if bio. Like if you have boy parts from birth, then you're not getting pregnant unless something has been done to you. And I, you know, I don't even know if the science has gotten that far yet with that stuff, but, but I'm just saying like, you know what I mean? So like that's, that becomes a thing and no one should be getting offended. I knew plenty of LGB gay people and stuff like that in that community that I didn't of course know initially they were gay because that's not something I would ever ask because I don't really care what you, you know what I mean. Like it's teach their own, and they would tell you later, and then after that you'd be like, "Oh, okay, cool," and you'd respect no, that. But I, they, I, but I they never got offended yeah. because they're like, "Oh, I can't believe you didn't know I was gay," and I'm like, "What? No, I don't well, look, go around you, and ask people that." You know, look, you've got my respect, but the difference is, you identify with that. You haven't gone through the change yet, and I'm not speaking very. I'm spe specifically talking about situations that I've encountered. Okay, you haven't gone through the change yet. It's obvious, you know, you identify as a male, but you're not a male biologically. So because of how this 911 call went out, there's a specific set of questions that I need to ask you to for you to verify, which is going to depend on how I treat you. And that is something that is a topic that a lot of people are nervous to even touch because of all the political bullshit that surrounds this. You know, and the sensitivity. Well, and not, like and not said, to mention, like for me, and then I can I can speak this part of it because I, I, like I said, I never had to go through that. But with other things, I had to deal with this for sure. When you call nine one one, I'm not there to be. I'm not going to be an asshole, or obviously, or anything like that. But I'm also not going to be PC necessarily and worry about your feelings and all this other dumb shit that doesn't have anything to do with why I'm really there. Okay. I'm there for a medical emergency. That's why you should have called 911 for a, or in this sense, for a medical call. It should be for a medical emergency, not for I have the sniffles, not for I stub my toe. We all know that happens, but I'm saying legitimately, I'm talking on a legitimate call. If I'm there, I'm going to ask you the questions and you're going to answer the questions because otherwise I, I, I can't help you. Otherwise, there, hence, there's no point in me being here and there's no point in me getting woken up in the middle of the night for this call. So you have to answer those questions. And I'm not, I, I don't, again, I don't know how you guys deal with it, with the, with the, you know, the pandemic stuff that just went on. Um, and then with this stuff, I mean, that makes it a lot harder. Cause I, I couldn't imagine someone being like, well, 
you're really being mean to me. And I'm like, I'm not being mean. I just don't have time to do. I'm not dicking around with this. We can talk to your heart's content later about this, you know, and I can hear all your right. feelings. And, and, and it also comes later. down to if, if this, you know, if, if you're having a My cardiac point. event, I don't have a lot of time to dick around with like, well, it would really make me feel better if you asked it with this and said, please. And I'm like, I'm not doing that necessarily. I'm not saying I'm trying to be a dick, but I'm not going to have that conversation. I'm like, look, I need to know these answers. I don't have time for this. This is 911. You either, you're giving us the information or press our three copies and we're out. Like that, that's, that's how it gets to be at some point because we can't, we can't play this game. And I, I, to be honest, I didn't know this was actually a big problem on Medic Unit. So it's kind well, of cool. You're this, is, this has become, this has become, well, this is the reason why I'm bringing this up is because. No, I like this. I and, this and, and I, and I think, uh, and for listeners out there that do identify as, you know, you know, a different pronoun, you need to understand this. This is not to offend you. This is purely how you're medically going to be treated. If we ask you a question, have you completely had the change? You need to be willing to answer that and not get offended because how are we supposed to know if we don't ask these questions? We can't just assume that can be dangerous as well. Well, that's, that's about as silly as like a, a woman, a, like a biologically born woman, right? Who's born as a woman who is pregnant, mm -hmm. who is, who is in, you know, you know, has a child inside them. Right. And then them getting offended that I'm like, hey, what, how far along are you? You know, or, hey, you say you're having uh, contractions. You called for an OB call. How far apart are your transactions? How far apart are your contractions? Has your water right. broke? These kind of questions. I have to ask these questions. I don't want to ask these questions because I don't like, you know, I understand it's personal stuff and you may not want to tell me about that. You know, I also, as an OB call, I have to check for crowning. You know, these where, are things that like yeah. we don't want to do necessarily. I'm not saying we, I'm not saying we don't want to help you, but these are things we don't want to go to some stranger and, you know, touch your hoo-ha, you know what I'm saying? But like we, we, these are things we have to do as a medical profession. So, so in that sense of what I think what you're saying is like, if you want to be offended and, you know, make sure certain pronouns are used and stuff like that. That's your business. I don't know if the EMS time is the time. Doctor's office, maybe a little more so because they have time. You're not usually going to a doctor's office for an emergency. You're usually going there for some ongoing chronic thing or some acute thing or whatever, but it's not emergency like. Correct. 911 is a different scenario and you have to respect that part. Or if you don't respect that part, that's fine. Then it's probably not an emergency that you're thinking about calling with uh, in the beginning. So then just go to, right, your, go to your doctor's one, go to your urgent care, go to those other places that don't deal with that emergency stuff as much. You know, and, and you also you also need to understand when we when we respond to your house and we cross that threshold into your, you know, personal dwelling, our politics are left outside and whatever they may be. OK, there's no judgment. Right. Um, but but there but. To keep it in that type of mindset, and this is where, like I said, it's, it's been a number of times where it's been, you know, this is where the, the PC stuff needs to be pushed aside okay this has nothing to do with politics this has to do everything with biologically how i'm going to treat you as far as the situation at hand if it's something that i need to know how you were born biologically what your chromosomes are i have to be able to ask those questions without you getting offended and if you do get offended i don't know what to tell you right i would never but, i never had to Oops, sorry about that. I never had anybody, uh, like, I never had an incident. 
I'm just trying to think, just looking back over my career. I don't remember ever having an incident where like I gave two shits about whether someone was like democratic or republic, poor, rich, um, gang member. Like I never cared about any of that stuff. I, I mean, I transported prisoners like, like D, uh, Lorton prison, which was DC's prison, which was in uh, Northern Virginia. I transported tons of those guys who were on like supermax multi-murderer. Yeah, yeah. Like they're in max oh. maximum security prisoners. These guys are fucking people who had like murdered a fuckload of people. Okay. Are and you going to treat them any differently? No. no, I treated them the exact same way. Now, if they didn't give right. me respect, I'm not going to give respect back to them. Like, as far as that goes, like, you know, I'm here to help. I'm here to help you. If you don't, if you, if you want help, I'll give you the best help you can get. If you don't want help, that's cool. We'll just go for a fun ride because you know, right. that's what I have to do. But, but like, most, you know, I never had a problem with that. Like I said, I've said it before in podcasts, I had, I've had calls where I've had gang members, like real legitimate gang members in the back of my truck crying, not because they were hurt. I mean, yes, they were hurt. That's why they were in the ambulance, but, but they were crying because they realized they made shitty choices. Correct. And I didn't judge them on it. I didn't make fun of them because of it. And this was dude to do. This wasn't like, you know, so bros are like, we're supposed to be like manly and tough, right? Like that's our persona anyway. Um, and this guy was definitely a tough guy, you know, a gang member. He's a tough dude. Um, probably could have whooped my ass, I'm sure. But like, but I didn't judge him on the fact that he was doing it. I'm like, hey man, you know, it's, it's you got it, you got it. That's your life, man. You got to like decide what you want in your life, you know. And I wasn't telling him anything he probably hadn't heard before, you know. But I was like, hey man, as far as the crying stuff, I'm not gonna, you know. And, definitely... and you don't know his whole story, right? I don't know his story, and no, yeah. and no, and, no, and to be totally fair, like in EMS, we've talked about this before too. We meet people for 15 minutes maybe 20, depending on where you work, obviously, and stuff like that. Maybe if you're more rural, you have more time with them. But for the most part, if you're doing 911 EMS, you meet people for 15, 20 minutes, and then you're out of there. And you most of the time don't even know what happens after that. Occasionally, sure. like our, our hospital that we had, our main hospital tried to be good at having a liaison. They would contact EMS on, oh, these are on real calls, not the dumb ones, but on like real calls and try to give you an update. Hey, so-and-so, I just want to let you know, do you remember your patient so-and-so that came in with the so-and-so? And I'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like two weeks ago. Yeah, I just want to let you know they just got released from the ICU. They're home and they're doing great. Oh fuck yeah, that's awesome. Because most of the time we would never know that. We would we didn't know they went to the ICU. We would assume they did, but we wouldn't know that because we drop them off the air and we go and we on another call in five minutes. You know, right? So so that's what I'm saying. So like yeah, I, I mean, and like a gang member, they I don't like on for instance that scenario. I don't remember the gang member wasn't when he came into my unit. He was not offended because I didn't throw up the right gang sign to him you know, to show that I'm part, whatever he was, you know what I mean? Because we had a mutual respect of like, you're, ha you're having a trauma event. I'm here to Correct. take care of said trauma event. I don't right. care that you're a gang member. Maybe he was a piece of shit. I have no idea. But in my right. world at that time, he was someone that I'm going to put my best effort to take care of. And we did. And we took him to the hospital and we dropped him off. He was alive and doing fine. You know, as far as like fine can be in his situation. You know what I mean? Now, what happened to him after that? I have no idea but I didn't disrespect him with any of that. And all that stuff went out the door. He wasn't a gangbang when he got in the truck, you know? So like he was a, a patient and that same thing where, where, where I worked with you uh, as a secondary job, you know, I transported some very important people there. Right. I, didn't, I didn't treat them any differently because of different tags they have behind their name, you know? So, right. And it's, it's, but like I said, these are questions that have to be asked. I mean, especially with the culture the way it is now, as far as how people perceive themselves, you know, like whatever pronoun that they are, uh, I, you know, I, uh, 
you know, I still have to feel comfortable being able to ask you those questions. I mean, it's not even about comfort. I'm still going to ask you if I offend you. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Um, if you get offended, that's on you. Okay. I'm there to help you. I'm there to help you medically. You know, if, if I see something that needs to be addressed because yes, maybe your pronoun says one thing, but physically you look the other, I have to, I have to address that. That's just the way it is. If you have a problem with that, then you're going to have to have a problem with that. But you know, that's the time you need to leave your personal politics away from the situation. Okay. Yeah. Cause that is not going to help you at that point. Okay. And that, that, that is something from my point of view and other people that I work with, it gets very difficult because what? we're not, we're not, we're not there to judge. We don't, uh, everybody, a majority of people in this line of work, you know, like Jason and I said, when we first started this topic, that we have plenty of people that we're describing right now that are friends of ours. Right. And some of them are in this line of work. Well, it's, it's also no different than asking a female, any possibility you're pregnant. And they say, most of them, especially if they're like teenager girls, will say no. Right? That's the that's the go-to exactly. answer. They'll say no. And then you go, and I would always follow up with with especially with a younger person, you know, hey, any possibility you're pregnant? No. Cool. You don't have sex. That's what I'd ask. And then I get that answer, yes or no. And if they say yes, which if they're of like 18, 19, 20 or, you know, they probably have sex. So then you just be like, oh, you don't have sex? You, you no, know, but there's no, you don't even, you don't even, you don't, you know, do that stuff. And they're like, well, yeah, I have sex, but we use a condom or something. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a possibility. That's all I would say. That's all. I'm not here to, like, again, I'm not here to promote, like, you know, sexual wellness or anything like that. But yeah, there is a possibility. If you're having, the only way there's a no possibility you're not pregnant is if you don't have sex or you don't go to a clinic to get, you know, get that done that way. You know what I mean? Like, those are the only, like, otherwise there is always a possibility. You know? Right. And these are the, um, and I have to ask those questions again. It's not because I really want to know your personal life. I'm not trying to get into your personal shit. From you know? a medical standpoint, they're important questions. Yeah, like you yeah. said, you're having abdominal pain, you're nauseous, yeah. you're having all this stuff going on. Hey, is there, there's possibility you're pregnant. And guess what? If you don't like my, like I used to tell people too, because every once in a while I get people that might be a little weirded by that question a little bit. But if you do it, you're like, hey, I'm, just, I'm trying to be honest with you because when you get to the hospital, guess what that nurse is going to say? And she's probably not going to say it quite as kind as I do because they have a bigger influx of patients they have to deal with. And they definitely don't have as much time. Um, and plus, gonna, that is something that needs to be known, especially if you're complaining of abdominal pain and they want to do an abdominal x-ray. They're going to do that. Or and get, CT. And they're going to do blood work. They're going to do all that stuff. Yes. Yeah, they're going to do it. So you just need to be honest with them because if they find out you're lying and then find out later that you are or whatever, like that's... You're just wasting everybody's time. And the ERs are, the, again, emergency rooms are set up for emergencies. They're not there to take care of you with the flu. They're not there to take care, they're care to take of medical emergencies, trauma emergencies, and like broken bones and stuff like that where things have to be done, like certain things like that. And, you know, getting well, people this, to surgeries is, and stuff. Right. And this is the exact format and situation where we need to be talking about situations like this to where it needs to be pressed in and don't get offended. These are questions that need to be asked. And um, that's, I, I can talk about that all day because it, it's, I see the problem only getting worse if it's not addressed because it's not addressed enough in this line of work. It's just kind of shoot away because people, you know, they're so afraid of offending somebody. And it's like, this isn't about offending anybody. This is about treating them properly. 
then that's it. Yeah. And what, you know? yeah. And what you guys want to do on your own time, like after you are done with your nine one call, you know, as, as the patient people are concerned, like that's your business, man. We don't care about that. Like we're, we're not, I, I would not. Yeah. I would do exactly what you do. I would just straight out ask the questions. And sometimes I always told people like, Hey, sorry, I got asked this question, but you know, Hey, I got to do the Sorry. You know, like we talked about that last episode where I was like, Hey, sorry, it's time to do the nasty. I got to do the nasty. And I would tell them what, it, you know, what I have to do. I have to check for crowning. Right. I have to, I have to take off your shirt and your bra to put uh life pack 12 leads around your under left breast and stuff like that. I, I'm going to have to move your boob, you know, like this all, st- like you just say it. It's not, it's not, we're not there to get any joy out of it necessarily. That's not what we're there for. We're there to do a medical treatment, you know? But at the same time, we, there's a lot of situations where we have no choice but to invade your personal space. That's what's going to depend on how, you know, the road of treatment is going to go. Well, that's how I found out too. Like a lot of people, this is one of the tricks I learned a long time ago in EMS when I did like private ambulance stuff, which was more like inner facility. That's how I always checked uh, a lot of peach, a lot of EMTs would, when we did psych transfers, right. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about voluntary psych transfers. So these are people that are willing to go to whatever facility you're going to take them to, which is majority of the ones we do. Um, I would always bring the cot in. Okay. And this is a big argument between some of the providers and myself. And there were some were on my team, of course, and some were on the other team. Okay. And they said, why do you bring the cot in? Because whenever we bring the cot in, we always end up just because these are just regular people. They just have something wrong in their head, right? They're, they're function. They're, they're a look. If you looked at them, they look like normal human beings. They're able to walk. They're able to, you know, whatever. Right. So they'd say, why do you bring the cot in? Because, and then you walk them out though. Most of the time, the cot just stays made and we just walk them out and then we get them and put the cot in the truck. Eventually they sit on the cot in the truck. Most of the time, sometimes we'd let them sit on the bench depending on the situations and stuff. But most of the time they're sitting on the cot. Right. And they said, why do you do that? And I said, because I want to understand with, a, with that one question, I know if I'm going to have problems on this call or not. If I tell so-and-so psych transfer person, who again, looks normal, but might be batshit crazy with the right trigger word or something, right? If I tell them, hey, uh, so-and-so citizen, hi, my name is so-and-so, introduce yourself, all that. Hey, we got to go to the next hospital. Are you cool with that? Yeah. Okay, cool. We're going to go in here in just a sec. We're getting your paperwork done. We'll be back in here. Hey, well, when you get back in here, I need you to go ahead and sit on my cot. And if they refuse to sit on the cot or they make a big deal about that, then I know this is going to be a different type of call. Then I know we might have to look at restraining or something like that or get something from the doctor to say we can restrain them if we need to and stuff like that. Like, it might go that route. I'm hoping it doesn't, obviously. But, right. but if it's just someone who, like, they're a rebellious teenager and their parents think they're weird, but really they're just a rebellious teenager, in my opinion, hey, cool. I still might have you sit on the cot in the ambulance for safety reasons depending again on the situation and stuff like that. But it's not because you're like a prisoner or something, but it's, it's a fact if they're going to listen to you doing, telling them to do that, then everything should be smooth. Not saying it always is, but that's a good indication. And then when I told people out there, like, Oh, that's really smart. I was like, yeah. Cause again, if you ask a question, you're getting pushed back right from the beginning. Then this is going to be a different type of call. Most likely by the time this is done, <laughs> you know, like we had, when I did private answer, we had numerous types of calls. I'd never had this personally where Units would be stopped in the middle of the road at a stoplight. This would happen in the, in the D.C. area a lot. And then the unit would call into dispatch and say, hey, uh, dispatch, this is medic, whatever. Um, our patient just got up and got out of the back of the unit and ran down the street. Right. And then the medics would be like, what do we do? And then we'd say, you're in service at 1405 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you're ready. You're on to your next call. Yeah. Because that's not 
They're voluntary. They, we legally don't have the right to imprison them, which is what that is if you're making them go by force with police custody and all this different stuff that goes on with that. If they want to get Now, we're going to report it. Like, our dispatch would call, like, in that sense, let's say DC 911 and let them know what happened. And, but then DC police have to get involved. Medic units from DC have to come there. They have to figure it out. It's not our job to, like, chase the patient down the middle of the road, you know? Correct. And that, and that people have to understand that, you know? So you kind of learn that as you go. If, if hey, if, they, if they're one like, yeah, man, I'll sit on the cot. No problem. I was like, yeah, dude, it's just, it, you said you sit in a lounge chair at home? Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I'm like, cool. This is all this is, man. You're getting the royal treatment, brother. And that's how I do it as. I'm not judging you, you know? Again, I'm not judging you because you might be a psycho. Like, I'm not judging any of that necessarily, you know? I'm just here to take care of you and get you in the next facility where we're going for higher care for you or whatever you need, you know? Well, shit on that note, brother, let's wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap this up. So uh, anything else you want to add this week for anything? Not this, not this week, man. Right, I think cool. we've talked your ears off and out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, we try to get in depth <laughs> with that stuff, talking about combo departments and stuff like that. Um, these are just our opinions. If you have a difference of opinion, please let us know. Uh, paramedicsunscripted at gmail.com for any comments, uh, concerns, anything like that. Or if you just want to hear your voice, your opinion, that's cool too. Uh, paramedicsunscripted at gmail.com. But without any further ado, then we'll get out of here. This has been season two, episode 10 in the books. And we'll see you next week on Paramedics. Unscripted.